0: different projects that are going to be available, some new ones, some places that we've, we haven't we have served in before, but now we have an open door and we can go in there and be a part of what they're doing and encourage them. And I want to give a sh- huge shout out, uh, all of the organizing and getting all this together, Abe and Hannah Wheeler are somewhere in the room, I believe. And they've done a great job, a great job getting all this together. But we want you to be a part. And I want to just make mention really quick, you can download, you heard it in the in the video announcements, the Church Center app on there. It literally gives you access to, you can sign up for any team, you can register for any event that we have, you can give, you can... Uh, connect with your groups. You can search for groups. You can join groups. You can message your group leader. I mean, you can do so much stuff through the app. Uh, It's really just a great way to be in touch with everything that's going on. And uh, it's updated regularly. And so uh, you can download that. You can sign up for the team that you want to serve on for serve day on there. Or if you just want to go to yourimpactchurch.com slash serve, there's a list and a little description of every single team, what they're going to be doing. And the, the spots are limited for each team based on how many people we need on each project. So the sooner you go on there, the more options you'll have to be a part of. And don't worry, if everything fills up and you want to serve, we will get you on a team. So don't freak out uh, if you get on there at some point and there's, there's not anything left. We usually have a lot of people that show up and, uh, man, we just get to impact our city like crazy on one day for about four hours. We just pour all of the love and energy and everything that we can into organizations and mowing yards and everything else. And so we want you to be a part of that Saturday, July 11th. Uh, the second thing is I kids, I want to talk to you about kids ministry for just a moment because our plan as a church is to uh, transition back into kids ministry two weeks from today on Sunday, July the 5th. I want to kind of tell you what that'll look like a little bit for this season. Uh, Kids ministry will be during the 11 o'clock service. So before all of this happened, we had it uh, during the 930 service. It was during the 11 service. And uh, during this time, and the one of the main reasons why is volunteers, and so right now we have uh, uh, enough people that have volunteered, that have joined the team, that can be a part of doing this, and we don't want to just wear everybody out. Are you with me? And so uh, so we'll really kind of move at the pace of, of you guys and your ability and your willingness to jump on that team and be a part of pouring into the next generation, pouring into those kids, building a foundation in those kids. And so I would encourage you, you can still go on the website, yourimpactchurch.com ikids and you can join the team there and somebody will reach out to you and get you the information that you need and get what they need from you so that you we can get you where you are desiring to serve with whatever age group that is. Uh, but we are planning, uh, and of course right now in this season, how many of you know everything's subject to change? And so <laughs> if anything changes with this, then we'll let you know as, as it approaches. But two weeks from today, the plan is we're going to uh, begin having kids ministry again during the 11 o'clock service. So if you want your kids to be a part of the kids ministry during this season, uh, we're asking you to bring them at the 11 o'clock service, this service right here, so that they can be a part of that. And this will also give an opportunity for all of the volunteers. They can uh, participate and attend the 930, and then they can serve at 11, those that are going to be volunteering and serving over there. And so I wanted to let you know about that. And today on Father's Day, uh, I want to jump into what I believe The Lord has given me to share with you and what he wants to speak to us. I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, it's Realignment Required. Realignment Required. Uh, I was thinking this last week and really the weeks leading up to Father's Day about this idea of an alignment. Now, I don't know when the last time that you had an alignment done on your vehicle was, but that's normally what we think about when we hear the word alignment, right? We think, well, my vehicle's out of alignment. I need to have an alignment done. And, you know, sometimes you can, you drive, you've been driving, you you hit a pothole, you know, and then it just throws everything off. And now you're like, oh, I got to take it in and got to have this fixed or that fixed or need an alignment done. Or maybe you've driven so many miles and it's time for another alignment so that you keep things going in the right direction. Uh, I was also thinking if you put new tires on a vehicle, but you don't have the right alignment, You will wear the tires out and here's what normally happens is you're out of alignment and so it causes a problem that causes another problem that causes another problem that the only way to fix, you can keep treating the symptom or you can go back to the source and go back to the root and you can get an alignment. And you can keep throwing on tires and putting money into that and and well another $300 for two tires, oh another $500 for four tires, oh another whatever, but if you never have it aligned... You will constantly be wearing your tires out and you will mess things up on the vehicle and things will not go well for you. (laughs) I was even imagining, you ever been driving down the highway and if you're not in alignment, you let go of the steering wheel, you'll just start to veer off to the right, you'll veer off to the left, you know, it just—it doesn't stay. It was designed that when it's in alignment, it will continue to drive at least for a period of time, going straight, staying in the lane. And here's another thing. A lot of times when I'm driving, this frustrates me when when the vehicle's not in alignment because I'm having to use more of my own muscle to keep this thing between the lines, something that was designed to stay between the lines because I have not had an alignment done. You drive three hours down the road, you're like, wow, I just got a really good workout on the backside of my arm because I was constantly having to hold the steering wheel like this to keep it on the road. Right? It requires more energy from you trying to do something that the vehicle was already designed to do if you would just get in alignment. Are you with me? And so I think that what God is, is speaking to us right now as a church is that there are in some areas in our lives where we need to realign. We need to realign because I find it interesting that, uh, and maybe you do too, that in your spiritual life it's a lot the same way. It's funny that you can compare your spiritual life to a vehicle, but in this instance, I really believe that it's a lot the same way, that if things aren't in alignment, then it'll cause a problem, that will cause another problem, that will set you back in another way, and you'll keep trying to treat a symptom until you actually go back and fix what the root problem is, and it's the fact that you need to have an alignment done. We need to realign, I believe, in some areas And, uh, you know, in our spiritual lives, you go through a rough patch and your alignment can get off. Or you begin to try to coast through life and your alignment can get off. Or you go through a COVID-19 pandemic. Come on, somebody. And your alignment can get off. (laughs) You know, it's like, what month is it? I don't even know. It's been (laughs) like the last three months have just kind of been a blur, right? You know, your alignment can get off. You have to strive more and do more in your own strength when your alignment is off. And if you don't realign yourself with the truth and what God with what God desires for your life, it will cause one thing that will probably cause another thing that will lead to another thing. And the ultimate fix is for you to realign yourself with God's word, with the truth, what he desires for your life. And so my question to you as we jump in is when was the last time that you stopped and checked your alignment? When was the last time that you looked at yourself and your spiritual life and what's going on in your world and going on in your life and you thought, hmm, I wonder if I need to realign. I wonder if there's some things that have gotten off and I'm just kind of going this direction, but if I kind of go this direction for about the next three years, I'm going to end up in the ditch. You know what I'm saying? You need a realignment. And so I'm asking you today as we go through this to just ask the Lord, hey, is there an area in my life where I need to have a realignment? I need to come back into alignment with what your desire is, what your will is for my life. And I was thinking about this verse as I was asking the Lord, like, how do do you want me to present this? What what areas do we need to, to really talk about? And there's this verse that many of you know, you've heard it, you've read it. If you've grown up in church, you've probably heard messages uh, preached on it. But it's in Matthew chapter 6 and it's verse 33. And I want to read from the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness which is his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. In other words, when you get things into alignment, all the other things are added to you as well. What are all the other things? Well, if you go back and you read the verses before it, it's everything you need. Everything that you need, I didn't say everything that you want, but everything that you need, God has said, if you will seek me first, if you will strive after me, if you will seek my kingdom, if you will seek my righteousness, if you will put me first, then all of the other things that sometimes cause us to worry, all of the other things that sometimes give us anxiety, all of the other things that we're concerned about a lot of times, God says, listen, if you do this thing, then all the other things will be added also. So instead of trying to grab at all the other things, if we just do one thing, God gives us all the other things. Are you with me? And I want to talk to you about just a few areas that I believe we might need a realignment in. And you just uh, allow the Lord to work on you today. Just a few areas where God may need to realign you with his desires, with his word. And here's number one. It's a realignment in our priorities. A realignment in. In our priorities. Uh, We just read Matthew 6.33, which says, Jesus has said, above all else, you need to seek me first. Like, number one priority needs to be me. This is what God is speaking to us today. And then one of the Ten Commandments even says it this way in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. And we could go through Scripture after Scripture after Scripture to where God is reminding us, this only works when I'm in first place. This only works when I'm in first place. This only works when I'm the top priority. This only works when I'm the most important relationship. This only works when you seek me first. Then all of the other things are added in as well. Everything that you need. And I want us to think for a moment, have you intentionally... Or even unintentionally shifted the number one priority into in your life away from God. Maybe you intentionally did it and you've made some decisions and you need to realign. Or maybe unintentionally. Maybe without even realizing it, but today God's going to speak to you that you have shifted the number one priority in your life and you've just kind of veered off a little bit and as time has gone on, you're just kind of over here and over here and the number one priority in your life has been shifted, maybe you've shifted the number one priority in your life to material things and you've started to prioritize what you want, you've started to prioritize what you can do and you've started to prioritize the things that you can have and you've started to prioritize what it is that you desire and material things. Maybe it's shifted to that. Maybe... Maybe you've shifted the number one priority in your life to other people. And there's not anything wrong with any of these things, really, as long as they're in their place. But maybe you've shifted the number one priority in your life to your spouse. Can I tell you today, they're not meant to hold that position. They can't, they can't, they can't hold that spot. Only God can. <laughs> Maybe it's other friends in your life, and and the number one priority has shifted away really from the Lord and spending time with the Lord, and it's shifted into other relationships. It's shifted into your kids. It's shifted, and you've put something on your priority list above God, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. Maybe you've shifted your number one priority in your life to hobbies. And so it's, it's it's things that I enjoy. Well, you know this has been going on, and I just need I just need to be able to enjoy things. Yes, I I believe that God wants you, you know, wants you to be able to do things, and it, but it can't be number one. God has to be number one. Everything else only works properly when God is number one. When God is not number one, you're trying really hard to make the other things work. When God, gets, when God is not the top priority, all of a sudden, work becomes work. Like, I'm trying really hard to get the, I'm trying really hard to do better. I'm trying really hard to do this. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. You need to work hard, but God has to be number one. And he says, listen, when I am number one, everything else you need, I will throw it in. You will have everything that you need when I am the top priority. Maybe you've shifted the number one priority in your life. To so check this out, laziness. Well, who would have thought that that could have been, you know, something that you put before God? But you've shifted into this mindset of, well, I've just been able to do this. And, well, I've just been able to do this. And and I really felt like the Lord, and I'm not going to get into it anymore. You can go back and you can listen to it on the podcast. But in the series that we ran while we were online called On the Other Side, I felt like the Lord spoke so clearly to me about that habit-forming time. And maybe you remember that that message. And one of the things we were talking about was laziness. And it just came back to me again, this proverb that is written down in the Word that when you read it, it says, I walked past the house of a lazy person, and here's what I found. I found that things were overgrown, things were broken down, and things were not as they should be. And sometimes we find ourselves, when we lean that direction, we find ourselves in a place where, wow, it's like there's so many weeds growing up in my life, and there's so much you know, that's broken down, and, and, and things just seem like out of order, and... And I don't really know how to get things back. Listen, it all starts when you begin to put God first. God has to be number one. Has to be number one. And none of these things, I said it earlier, are bad things. But they just can't be the top priority in your life above God. We have to realign Our lives so that God is first in every area that God is our top relationship. God is first in our finances God is first in our decisions. God is first above my family. God is first above my career God is first like God I'm gonna make sure at all costs that God gets the proper place in my life because he has told me that when he is in the Proper place that everything else that I need he's going to bring it alongside me that he's going to provide Everything else that I need So do you need a realignment? in your priorities. Here's number 2, it's a realignment in our vision. Some of us need a realignment in our priorities. Some of us need maybe a realignment in our vision, the way that we see things. And we were talking about I want to read a couple of scriptures and we'll talk about it for just a moment, but it's a great reminder in our series that we ran called See the New. The theme the theme verses for that entire series, I want to remind you again, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. He says, but forget all that. Forget what? all The way that I did it before. It was really good before. But he says, I'm i I'm, I'm doing a new thing. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I love 2 Kings chapter 6. It's one of my favorite stories. It, it, it's such a great reminder to me when, it, when we talk about realigning our vision and be able to see the way that God sees. And this is what it says, verses 15 through 17. It says, The servant of the man of God got up early and went out, and behold, there was an army with horses and chariots encircling the city. Elisha's servant said to him, Oh no, my master, what are we to do? You're, you felt like you've been in an oh no, what are we to do? moment or season (laughs) like oh no what are we to do oh no what are we to do it's 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 all about what we see for those and it says Elisha answered do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and I can imagine the servant in this moment's like well I don't really understand that because there's two of us and we're circled (laughs) Like the enemy is all around us. And he's like, I don't know, the math is not adding up, Elisha. You know, I know, it's like, "Mm," you know, prophet of God and everything, everything seems to be going well. But those that are with us, there's two. Those that are with them, there are many. And this is what the Bible says. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, please open his eyes so he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. In other words, God had the enemy who was surrounding them surrounded. And Elisha said, God, would you, would you open his eyes in this moment of, oh no, what are we to do, so that he can see what you're really doing? so that he can see that even more than what is circling us, what the enemy is trying to do to us, that there are many more that are for us that God has sent. Just open his eyes so he can see. And I love this story because it reminds me of how we are sometimes. Because there are a lot of times, you ever ever been just able to see all the bad and all the negative? And that seems like that's all I can see, like all the bad all the negative, i'm focused on all the bad, all the negative, all the bad things, all the negative things and we can only see those things instead of being able to see what it is that maybe god is doing. We need a realignment in our vision and here's here's what i know about our vision being out of alignment with the truth. When when we're focused on the negative, it leads to complaining a lot of times. Think about the israelites. They weren't focused on where God was taking them as much as they were, like, frustrated. Well, at least we had this back here. Well, at least we were able to do this back here. Well, at least, and, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and that generation died off before they went into the land that God had promised them because of their focus, because of their complaining, because all they could see was the negative, the bad. Well, God, I know that you've been providing miraculously food, but we don't like this food. And so we want some meat. And so God says to me, and, and then, then they're complaining, well, well, we need this, and well, what about this, and well, did you bring us out here to die? You see, whenever we can only see, when our focus and our vision is out of alignment with God's truth, we begin to complain and we begin to see things not as, it may be the reality in our life, but we're not seeing things as God wants us to see it. We're not seeing the opportunity, we're not seeing what God sees, and things start to bother us that used to not bother us. Things start to aggravate us that used to not aggravate us. And maybe it's that we need a realignment in our vision. We need to be able to see again or maybe see for the first time what it is that God is doing, what it is that God sees. And sometimes we have to have our spiritual vision aligned. Now, I want to tell you that sometimes realigning our vision means that we trust God even when we can't physically see what he's doing. So I'm not telling you that you're going to ask, God, just realign my vision. A lot of times it requires you to have faith and for you to trust, even when you can't physically see in the physical realm what it is that God is doing. God, give me spiritual eyes so that I can see beyond what's right in front of me, and I can know that you're always up to something good. That we, Like Paul said, and we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we know. He said, and we know. I may not be seeing it right now, but I know. I may not be experiencing it right now in the physical, it feels like, but I know. I know that God works all things. I know that God's doing something behind the scenes. I know that he's working things together for his purpose. We have to trust. It means that we choose not to fix our focus on all of the negative. It means that we choose to intentionally look for what God is doing in every situation and in every season. And what if God has been trying to move in your life but you haven't been experiencing it because your vision just needs an alignment? What if God has been trying to do something and he's just waiting for you to come back into alignment with the way that you see things? And to not just see all the bad and all the negative, but to see that, man, God is at work. God is doing something. I want spiritual eyes to be able to see it. And the end of this, not this past week, but the week before, our family was out on the lake with some friends. And it was the first time that our kids had been out on the lake and doing the tubing thing and all of that. And it was a lot of fun. But one thing I noticed was all the emotions and the different fears and the different Excitements, and it, it reminded me of this saying that I've heard such a long time ago. It's that you steer where you stare. You ever been driving down the road and you've got your hand on the wheel and you're looking at something on the side of the road? It's like, oh, look at that house! Look at look at all that! And next thing you know, you got the, you know, and you got to get back on the side of the road because you started to veer that way because you were looking that way. You steer. Where you stare. So wherever you're looking, your life has the has the it just has this way of moving in that direction. Whatever it is that I'm staring at, my life will tend to move in that direction. And so maybe we just need to realign and stare at the right thing. Maybe we just need a realignment in our vision. And this this couple weeks ago when we were out and on the lake and we were tubing and, uh, our kids, you know, they were nervous at first about, uh, about tubing and being out on the lake because it was their first experience with this. But one thing that I realized was when they began to focus on the source, see, when, when we focus on the water and we focus on the waves and we focus on like the water that's, you know, you know splashing in our face and that we don't like sometimes, whenever we're focused on that, we forget that we have a source <laughs> It's like I'm so focused on this and what I don't like that I forget, oh, by the way, there's this boat that's pulling me and I'm on top of this tube that cannot sink. But I don't realize that in the moment when I'm focused on the wrong thing. And when I shift my vision to look at the boat and remember or look at the tube and remember, hey, like this thing is going to hold me. This is not going to be a problem. Then we begin to enjoy The ride, we could say it this way, that we cannot avoid trials and hardship in life, but when we learn to keep our eyes on our source, we can still enjoy the ride. You can't can't avoid hard. No matter how hard you try to avoid hard, it will always find you. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. So there are going to be things that you're going to experience and you're going to walk through that you can't avoid But when you get your eyes fixed on your source, you can still enjoy the ride even when life seems tough. And can I submit to you that there are some of us that are not enjoying the ride and where God is taking us only because it's not because of what's happening in your life. It's because you're staring at what's happening in your life. It's because you have gotten your eyes off of Jesus and you are staring at the thing that is right in front of you and you steer where you stare. And if I stare at that thing long enough, I'll begin to move my life in that direction. And now I'm the victim. Now everything, now this is the story of my life. Now it's never going to get better. Now this is always going to be the way that it is. Now my marriage is never going to get there. Now, no, it can whenever you realign your vision to see that God has a plan and God has a purpose. And I'm going to move in the direction that God is moving. I want spiritual eyes to be able to see what God is seeing. I don't want to stare at the bad. I don't want to stare at the negative. I want to stare at God. I want to stare at my source so that I will move in that direction. And so do you need a realignment in your vision? And here's point number three. We've talked about a realignment in our vision, and we've talked about a realignment in our priorities. And here's the third one. We need a realignment in our minds. We need a realignment in the way that we think. It's so easy to get our thinking patterns and our minds off. And out of alignment, and we're just kind of slightly off, and so we're moving this direction, and before we know it, like we said earlier, now we're in the ditch with all of our thinking because we didn't get realigned. We didn't we didn't have an alignment done on our thinking. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back up, and I love Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, and I want to read this from the Amplified Bible because I love the way that it words it, and it, it just makes it so... It gives us something to shoot for. It gives us something like, hey, fix your thoughts on these things. It says, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things center your mind on them and implant them in your heart let me ask you a question did you realize that you have the ability to decide what you continually think about you have the ability to decide what you continually think about it's your choice you can't always control what comes in, but you can control what you think about. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I love the translation that says, We make them obey Christ. It's this picture in my mind that a thought comes in, and I get to decide. Does this thought get to stay Or am I going to make this thing obey Christ? Like this thought came in that I'm not adequate enough. Is that from the Lord? I'm going to make that thing obey Christ. It's not this picture of this passive, well, you know, I just can't control my thoughts. And well, you know, sometimes they just creep in. No, it's like God is saying, you have the ability to decide what you allow to stay in your head. You can make your thoughts obey Christ. You can choose what you continually think about. And some of us have allowed our thought patterns to run wild for too long. And it's time that we begin to evaluate every thought that comes into our mind and decide, make a decision based on truth whether or not that thought gets to stay. It's time for us to stop letting our minds just go crazy and decide this is what God's Word says. This is what God has already spoken to me. And I choose to make every other thought obedient yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. I choose to make every other thought I get to decide. We, we say it this way. You can't always control what comes into your mind, but you can control if it stays there. Yeah. You can't always control everything that comes into your mind. But you do get to control whether or not you allow it to stay. What are you allowing to stay in your mind? We you stand to your feet today? I believe that God is calling us to come back into alignment with his desires and with his priorities and with his vision and with his thoughts. And I want to ask you three questions. And here's, here's the way we want to end it today. I want you to just... To, to take inventory inside of you and just ask yourself these questions because I believe God wants to realign you today. What would your actions look like if you were in alignment with God? Where would you go if you were what would you do if you were in alignment with God? What if you were realigned if you were following after Jesus, what would your actions look like? Here's another one. What would your conversations look like if you came into alignment with God? Conversations with friends. Conversations with coworkers. Conversations with your boss or with your employees or with your family or with your kids or with your spouse. What would would the conversations look like if we came into alignment with what God says? If we stopped letting everything just run wild and we came into alignment with what God's Word says about marriage and what God's Word says about, about, uh, about our actions and what God's Word says about serving Him and what God's Word says about the way that we speak and the power in our words. If we came into alignment with the truth, what would our conversations look like? What would our talk look like? What would our words sound like? and overall what would your life? When you think about your entire life, when you think about your finances and you think about your family and you think about what you have and you think about where you're going in life and you think about your career, what would your life look like if God was first? What would your relationships look like if God was the top relationship? What would your finances look like if God was the Lord over your finances? What would your decisions look like if every decision went through God? Not that we add God to our life, but that when God is the center, every decision goes through him. Is this your will for my life? Is this what you want us to do with this? Is this where you want us to go with this? Is this how you want me to address that? Is this how you want me to say something about that? Is this what you want me to do? Is this the person that you're bringing into my life to mentor me? Is this the person that I'm supposed to pour into? Is Are these the group of people that you want me around so that I can grow? Every decision goes through him when he's the center. If he's just added to your life, then it's more like a Sunday thing. I'm going to honor God with Sunday... But he really doesn't get a say. He's really not Lord of my life. But when he becomes the center, now everything that I do goes through him. Every decision, every relationship. What would your life look like? If you came into alignment today in all of these areas with the way that you think the way that you speak the way that you see the way that you spend the way that you save the way that you give the way that the the way that you do everything in your life if you came into alignment with what god says now i want you to close your eyes and bow your heads and here's what we're going to do we're going to sing one final song and then we'll be dismissed but i just want you just you personally I think this is the best way that we can end today It's for you personally, not, not you for somebody else, not you for your spouse, not you for the person behind you, but for you personally that you just ask the Holy Spirit right now. And it's going to take, take boldness, it's going to take some guts, but that you would say, I want you to reveal any area in my life that I am not in alignment with you. I want you to reveal any area in my life that is not in alignment with you and today I want to align with you. And I but here's what I believe. That he's going to show you, he's going to speak to you. You're going to it's going to come to your mind. Even as we sing this last song, I believe that he's going to continue to speak and reveal things and then what we do with what he reveals is really the key. He reveals something to you, reveals an area of your life. It's are you willing to maybe shift some things, maybe change some things, maybe let some things go, maybe pick up something new so that you can come into alignment with what His Word says, what He's spoken to you, what He wants to do in you and through you. So, God, today, as we sing this last song, I pray that you would speak to your people. God, we want to be in alignment. We've been through a lot. There's still a lot going on in our country, and workplaces, and worry, and fear, and distraction. But God, today, just like was spoken earlier, that there's a shift happening. And Lord, today, we want to come into alignment with you in every area of our lives. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us as we sing this last song. And Lord, that we pray that you would receive all the praise, all the honor. All the glory in Jesus' name, amen.